0: Are you a manager who is eager to change the trajectory of your career? I have spent the last 23 years as a Fortune 50 leader, learning from other industry leaders how to break free from limiting beliefs and habits. On the Might in Motion podcast, we focus on the four M's, motivation, momentum, mindfulness and might. We bring you leaders from Fortune companies, doctors and entrepreneurs. Their stories of living their own Might in Motion will inspire you to create your own action plan and achieve your goals. Welcome to Might in Motion. Today's episode of Might in Motion is brought to you by Pantheon FM, fortunes magnified. Pantheon FM is changing the world through entrepreneurship. In this community, you will find everything you need to create, amplify, and monetize your world-changing business. Join us at pantheon.community forward slash register forward slash laua. Today, I bring to you Kristen Spencer. Kristen has made her life center around her love of story. As a young girl, she turned to familiar tales anytime she needed hope. Now, she uses her storytelling superpowers to help authors and business owners as a copywriter, ghostwriter, and certified copy editor. Finding the right words isn't always easy, but with the right help and a confidence boost from Kristen, you can finally create the messaging you need to attract customers and readers who appreciate you and your unique voice. It's time to learn to make every word count. Kristen, welcome to Might and Motion.
1: Hi, it's so good to be here.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited for a variety of reasons. Number one, I love that you always have really cool glasses on. As I wear glasses. Sometimes they're a little bit more funky than other days, but you always have funky glasses on and I adore it.
1: (laughs) Actually, there's a story there. So when my business first started taking off, when I switched from like book services exclusively to working as a copywriter, um, I started getting a lot of traction and it was pretty terrifying for me. And so my husband was like, "Okay, how's this? You need something to look forward to after you work with these clients. What if for every time a new client spends at least five thousand dollars with you, you get a new pair of crazy glasses?" And oh, wow. that's how it started. And now I just I have all the ones I want, so I I don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I I adore that because I used to um, I used to travel to China for work. And you could get really cheap frames there, right? And And so like I would go and I'd get five or six different frames. and who cares if they lasted you know, only a week because I only paid you know 30, 40 bucks for it, right?
1: Right? Uh,
0: I don't get to do that anymore. So I there's a little bit of me, I'm a little I got a little jealous. I'm like, man, she's got she's got some funky, funky frames, and I love it. So there's so many people that may not know exactly what a ghostwriter copywriter does. And I love your intro, the, your bio about just telling a story. How did you get into doing this? And what does it mean to like just a lay person?
1: Okay, well, let me start with how, like what it is. And then I'll backtrack and explain how I got into this weird world. Cause it was definitely like a backwards way. I didn't, I didn't even know about it um, for a long time. But, So copywriting is essentially a very specific kind of writing that is meant to use sales psychology to take someone who doesn't know anything about you and make them you aware so that they know who you are, make them aware that they have a problem and make them aware of what that problem is because they don't always know and then come in with your solution so the idea is that you have a solution you don't tell them how you get the solution because then a lot of times they think they can do it on their own and we all know that when we try to diy things it doesn't go as well as when we hire people to do it for us (laughs) yeah there's,
0: there's something important about having an expert in your corner
1: right and so copywriters who Know what they're doing, because unfortunately, and it's like this in a lot of industries, anyone can say they're a copywriter. Like, actually, someone who writes social media content, that's not copywriting. Uh, Someone who's working on a nonfiction business book for you, which is something else that I do, that's not copywriting. That's ghostwriting. So there are all these different kinds of writing, and it can get confusing. I totally understand that um but the whole reason that you need someone to come in who's a messaging expert who understands sales psychology and who knows which stories you should tell and what things you're going to put in there based on what your ideal client is living in right now they you need someone who has this really interesting puzzle of skills and it just so happens that i had accumulated accidentally almost all of those skills uh, I started out as a professional blogger. I was one of the OG travel mom bloggers. Um, I was famous for teaching parents how to take passport photos of infants and get them approved. Wow, that's a niche I, right there. <laughs> I had gotten rejected a lot. And I was like, when I finally figured it out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to post about this. And it was something that I wrote every twice a week for three years. And I realized, hey, I can... Write consistently. And then some friends were like, Hey, can you write a book about this thing? They wanted me to write a book about confidence. Uh, And I was like, No, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, Well, you used to be this way and now you're this way. Like, how did that happen? Write a book about it so we can read it. And I accidentally was successful. I didn't even know I sold over 30,000 copies of the book. I didn't know that was a big deal at all. I was like, I'm a failure. Because I knew people who were making 10K a month off of their Kindle books and I wasn't. Uh, And then I worked in book services. I became a certified copy editor. I would help people with fiction books. And when COVID happened, all of the clients that I had lined up disappeared. And I totally understood, right? Because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Spending, you know, upwards of $5,000 on this pet project that I've always wanted to do doesn't seem like the best decision right now. And I thought about all my friends who were making it as fiction authors uh, independently. And all of them were copywriters on the side. Like Mm. that's how they funded all their projects. That's how they lived. And I thought, I'm already a certified copy editor. I'm already a writer. I bet I can write for businesses. And around that same time, people had started coming up to me and asking me if I would ghostwrite their business books for them. And I I kept saying no. Because I have a book that I co-wrote with my author, Maria Mudokalaki, called Write the Perfect Read the Self-Help Edition. And when people read that, they're like, can't you just write my book for me? I don't want to write it and have you edit it. Just write it. And I was like, I don't think so. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the person. Because I had a friend who was a ghostwriter, and she was miserable all the time. And I thought mm. that's how it would be for me. But when I lost all the business and I wanted my contractors to be able to keep working and my husband had to stop working... Uh, And we're going to get back to history in a little bit because this ties into that. Uh, I I went back to them (laughs) with like open hands and an open, remorseful heart. And I was like, hey, so if I don't pay my heating bills for my building and the student housing that we invested in that's going to sit vacant for 18 months, um, all of our pipes are going to explode. So I would love, I would absolutely love to ghostwrite your book for you. And in my head I'm like, I don't even know if I can do this, Uh, but I need the money. And so that's how I became a business nonfiction ghostwriter and I've worked, I can't really say who I've worked for, but I've worked for one of the biggest ghostwriting firms, the most reputable ones. Uh, And I do the unique thing of, I make sure that if you're going to have a business book that we incorporate copywriting sales psychology into it, yeah. but without it feeling like the world's longest sales letter, because I also hate that. And I I don't like to read it, so I wouldn't write it for one of my clients. So that's sort of where it started and where it is now. And at that same time, while I was doing that, things started taking off. I started buying the glasses and my husband was like, hey, why don't you support me to go back to school to learn to be a truck driver? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's cool. like. That's yeah. That's a great idea. So we did that. Now he drives for Pepsi, and he used to drive for Coke. So it's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Your house divided now. <laughs> I mean, we're just we go along. Whoever pays the whoever pay the check. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and you know, those of you who have been listening for a while, you have probably picked up on the fact that that I'm in transportation. I've had a long career in transportation, and I'm always curious. I've had other spouses of truck drivers. And I always like asking this question. Number one, what's it like to be the spouse of a truck driver? And two, how can we, as people on the road, make their lives a little bit easier or maybe at at a delivery site or a pickup site? Because I'm sure your husband comes home with some complaints. What could we do better in the industry to make their lives better as as being a truck driver and on the road?
1: Yeah, so I will say as the spouse of a truck driver, like a lot of people will try to call me at like 8.30 or 9 at night. I'm asleep because I match my schedule to my husband's schedule and he wakes up at 3. So like people just tease me mercilessly for that i don't even care it's been great for our marriage for me to be able to match a schedule and i get up and i work when it's quiet and all the kids are still asleep
0: yeah that's a great advantage actually
1: (laughs) it's pretty great but then you know like we both have to sleep with earplugs because the kids obviously stay up later than we do so that's what (laughs) like if you're hanging out with someone who does like daily deliveries know that they're not going to be able to hang out late because they have to get up super early and yeah. then as far as like behavior wise, like when you see them in the store and they have their push card or they have their hand dolly, like just move, move out of the way. Like just it's OK. Yeah. It's all right. You don't have like they they're going to be patient, but don't just stand there forever because yeah. they have a crazy schedule. Like sometimes my husband will have 16 stops in a day. That's a lot of stops. Yeah. Uh, And also his major complaint is don't block the truck dock like and don't block the front of the store. And when you see a truck, don't block them in. He's been blocked in so many times. Like, just be aware. Everything they do in that truck is so much harder than what we do in our cars because they have the trailer. They're giant. They're thinking about all these things. And so I would just say, like, you know, just notice them and they will be so much happier. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that, that awareness is key, right? And the treating people with respect is something that's super-duper important. And, and some of that's just doing basic stuff. Like, hold the door open. <laughs> and, or all to right. your point, move to the side of the aisle instead of being in the aisle. Yeah, if the right. guy
1: is, like, there and he's wearing a Pepsi shirt, don't block all the Pepsi products because he's supposed to be putting them away. Right,
0: right. Oh, my goodness. goodness. Um What? At what point, you know, did you realize hey, you really enjoyed it? Because you had these stories of other people hating doing the copywriting, ghostwriting, et cetera, and you still dove in. You're like, I'm going to take this risk. Obviously, you're back against the wall needed the cash, et cetera. But at what
1: point were you like, man, I've made a pivot. You actually enjoy it. Well, the first part that shocked me was how good at it I was. And um, it didn't actually shock me until later when I found out that not everyone can write in other people's voices because right. it came so naturally to me. I had already been writing for over 10 years and I know my own writing voice really well. I've written uh, probably over 25 books just myself in my own name. And so now I've written over 35, including other people whose names I can't say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it it was one of those things where I was like, okay, they tell me these things, I take them, I filter them through the sales psychology and all this different stuff and my storytelling skills. Because I I forgot to mention, I also have a degree in comparative world literature. So I'm just like a lifelong reader. I'm obsessed with language. And my certification as a copy editor gives me so much of an advantage. It's like the most random degree you can get. But it helps me every single day. And also, I just want to say, like, I cried a lot through that program. Because however great you think you are at English, the grammar lab will tear you to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like a combination of, like, I was sort of ignorant as to how I was good at this thing that not a lot of people were good at. And I liked the end result of helping the client. And that was really fun to be able to take their ideas and their life experiences and translate it into something that readers resonated with. And that was like a new high for me.
0: What do you think about chat GBT and all this AI technology that's allowing people to make their posts more verbose and whatnot?
1: Okay, so this is a great question. I get this question every single day. And there's a couple of things. The first thing is that Chat GPT has been fed using self-published books because they know these little guys like me, right? I'm self-published, cannot afford to sue their giant corporation. And that's Mm -hmm. super dishonest, and I don't like it at all. So when you're like, oh, this is amazing, they did that by refusing to pay people and stealing copyrighted material. So that burned me out.
0: I didn't know that. I self-published as well, so... That is offensive.
1: <laughs> it's it's like self-publishing is so time intensive. It takes a lot of money, yeah. right? Like it's not a small fee, but they know that like we can't sue them. Like I can't go sue them right now. Mm. And I would also say that I have tested a lot. And every time I write something and then I tell it to write something with the exact same parameters I gave myself, my stuff is always way better. Mm-hmm. And also ChatGPT, cannot learn to speak in your voice the way another person can, the way a copywriter or a ghostwriter can. And people are like, oh, it's so close. And I'm like, it's not close. You just don't know how you sound. Like if I wrote it, Mm. it would sound totally different than that. And it would sound like you, but you don't know your own writing voice. And therefore you think this sounds like you when it doesn't.
0: Got it. Wow. That's really, really interesting. I would think, especially if you're trying to put a book together, right? It would become even more obvious that they don't met versus, you know, an Instagram post or something to that effect.
1: Yeah, but I think like my I have a friend who like she'll tag me every time someone responds to her LinkedIn post with the chat GPT comment <laughs> so we can laugh at it together because we know it, it's a robot and like she always asks a question at the end of her post. Yeah, like people will never read to the bottom and then they use ChatGPT for the first sentence and it makes it's like a nonsensical Mm. response to her question. It doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with her post. So that's interesting. That's a good point. People are watching you. That's why I would say like they're seeing what you're doing. And if you're being lazy, they're not going to hire you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes complete sense. Now, you know, we were talking a little bit in the green room where, you know, obviously you've pivoted as well career wise. But you've had to pivot from advice. And a lot of our listeners are people that are in corporate America. They may have mentors or coaches. And some and sometimes they may be like, man, I got really crap advice. How have you reacted to when maybe you've gotten advice that wasn't the best for you? It could have been great for somebody else, but not necessarily for you in your situation.
1: Yeah, so I'm learning. <laughs> it's been a very costly lesson for me, but I'm learning that I need to trust my gut. I mm-hmm. need to trust the years of work I have put into building my brand. And if someone gives me advice and they've, made, they've just made a company $300 million, that does not mean that their advice is going to work for me. So yep. I shouldn't assume that every piece of advice is for me. I need to run it through the filter of my gut and my years of building this business. And also... Like, we all have this, um, my friend, Dr. Farzana, calls it a constellation of mentors, sponsors, and support. And we all have that. And, like, for me, I have that in my husband. I have that in my, um, you know, my group, my She Has Infinite Potential. We're we're a DE&I group, and we have a bunch of amazing professional women. And so I could have gone to them with the advice. And I could have said, hey, this is what someone's telling me to do. What do you think about this for me and for my business? And they probably all would have said, no, don't do that. (laughs) Because when I told them after, they were like, what are you, wait, what? What are you doing? (laughs) But also there are times when I know I'm going to do something because it's right, even though it doesn't make sense to anybody else. And I, I definitely had one of those moments recently where I was like, I want to do this because I want to learn the system behind it. And everyone's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just want to know what they're doing behind the scenes. Because once Mm -hmm. I know I can replicate it in an ethical way, because that's how my brain works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? When, but first off, I love the fact that you, you, you talked about how if you had just run it through your own filter of did it align with your brand, but then also trusted advisors. Mm-hmm. And everyone should have a group of trusted advisors. I'll tell you today, I actually sent an email to somebody and said, can you review this? Because I think it's good, but I just, there's a little voice in the side of my head that says, ooh, maybe I didn't hit the mark with this. And guess what? I got feedback and it was great feedback to adjust, right? Ha- right. Everyone should have tr- a trusted group of advisors that help you navigate to make sure you are staying on your true path
1: yes and and then you know also friends who will be like i'm gonna give you advice but i i'm confident that you can make the right decision i'm just here for support because sometimes we need that confidence boost yeah like i can't tell you how many times i've been talking to one of my friends and i'm sure you know it's been me too where you're like owning my own business is too hard (laughs) Yeah. I just want to go out and get a traditional job for a little bit, which is fine. And some people totally need to do that. But every single time I've had a friend say that and we've talked it through and they decided to keep going, they Mm -hmm. like had an amazing opportunity come up that totally solidified that they were doing exactly what they should be doing.
0: Isn't that always the case though? Like you don't realize how close you are to that that pot of gold, right? And if you just don't continue to to push just that little bit more.
1: Right. But it feels like so heavy sometimes. And I think that's why we need other people, not just to give us advice, but to remind us like you are doing something worthwhile. We believe in you and you're not building nothing. Like you've, you have built this from nothing and that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I I love that. I absolutely adore that. Now you're, you're obviously a mom, a, a wife, you're an entrepreneur, what are some things that you do to help st- yourself stay sane? And I, I'm not a big fan of the word balance, of work life balance because I I don't I think there's more of like an integration or you yeah. know you, you have to kind of figure out how things work for you. But what are some things that you do that keeps you sane? Maybe that's the best word. Yeah,
1: so um I go for a walk every day. I do yoga at 4:30 in the morning every other morning. Um I wake up like I said, my husband gets up super early. So I wake up, I read, I meditate, and then I do whatever I'm going to do, whether it's yoga or I just go down and start getting ready for work. And a lot of people will say to me, they're like, Kristen, how do you do all the things that you do? And it's because I have a system. So yes. I know, okay, it, and sometimes I will even wait, like, I take a walk. But I'll wait. If I know my morning is gonna be super stressful and I'm gonna need that like exercise break and that boost of endorphins, I change the time that I'm going to go walk. And this has been absolutely life-changing for me. We created a meal like list, an ultimate meal list. Mm -hmm. And I do meal planning where I order groceries online once a week and then I write down what we're having every night. And it has been a total game changer. My only regret is that I didn't listen when people told me to start doing that a year ago.
0: Really? So yeah, that's interesting. So you're basically like, you're planning out your structure. So you already know there's a game plan. Everybody in the house knows the game plan. And so you can execute towards it.
1: Right. And and we're flexible too, though. Like last night, I had a migraine after I did all Mm -hmm. my meetings. I did market research in person, which is very draining for me because I'm super introverted. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, migraine. I was like, all right, oldest daughter didn't get called in for work. Can you make pancakes? And she's like, absolutely. So we had buttermilk, homemade buttermilk pancakes. I came out of my cave like a grumpy bear. I ate. (laughs) We talked for a little bit and then I went back away into the darkness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but being like, there was a time in my life I had a really hard time making that pivot you Know, I have my plan right of this is what we're gonna do for dinner. And last night, uh, you know, I, I had chicken ready to go, I had already cut up the potatoes and the carrots, and I picked the green beans. And you know, the oven's ready, and everything was ready to go in the oven. And my husband comes in, and he's like, Well, I already fed the kids. I'm like, Okay, cool, you <laughs> just got home, you know, and and I was like, All right, and he's like, And I got his dinner, I'm like, Okay, and so I still cook the stuff that I already had sliced up and oil, you know, whatever. I'm gonna go ahead bake that, but. All the meat stuff back in the fridge, put it right back in, make that pivot, adjust, et cetera. But two years ago, I would have just lost my mind. Right. And and what I've learned is like, why am I losing? Why am I using this? Why is this my battle? This is a stupid battle. Right. But I
1: think it's a it builds up and then something goes wrong. And yeah. you're like, I've been holding it together all day, wearing all these different hats and doing all these different things. And so, like, the other day my son had a bad day and he came home and he was like, I had a bad day and he told me about it. And he's like, I'm just going to go cry for 30 minutes. And I was like... Good job. Because like we always my mom has this thing. She's like, just let it out because you'll feel better after.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, a few days ago, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go cry. I'm not going to tell anyone. That's what I'm doing. I'm just going to like go because I knew I needed to just like have some kind of emotional release in a controlled environment. Not later that night when something went wrong.
0: Now, th- that's fantastic advice for anybody that's listening. Like, take it from us. You don't want it to come out in, like, th- the wrong way because then you're taking it out on the wrong person. It's like you're taking well, it out and- on your kid or the dog or your husband or your wife yeah. or whatever. And you don't mean to. They're not what you're really mad about. They just happen to be the last one in a long line of things that might be pissing you off.
1: Right. And then you have to deal with that because that's a whole nother thing of like, I have hurt you. I'm sorry. Like, let's address that hurt rather than I'm going to be, you know, I used to tell because I moms would ask me questions all the time. I tried to write a book for mom, for mothers. I didn't publish it because I was like, who am I to be doing it? But people would ask me all the time, what do you do? Because I had three young kids and we were in a tiny apartment living in Europe and I would I would told them I was like I lock myself in the bathroom for 5 minutes. I figure my kids yeah. the way our house is set up they can't hurt themselves that badly in 5 minutes and I do whatever mental gymnastics I need to <laughs> to get through the rest of the day. They're like, "Do you really do that?" I was like, "Why would I say that I do? Like literally that's right. what I do. It helps me."
0: Right. No, that's that's fantastic. And I'm sure, you know, my mom who's going to listen to this is she's going to be like, I remember locking myself in the bathroom and you, Mariana, would come knocking and banging on the door because you weren't done with the document.
1: My kids would do that. I would just be like, I'm having alone time in the bathroom. <laughs> like, trust
0: me, you don't want me to come out right now.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm doing this
0: for both of us. So, I want to get back to the copywriting. Who are your ideal clients? So, if somebody's listening and they're like, "Man, I really want to write that book," or I'm looking for help in this. Who are your ideal clients that that you work with?
1: So, I'm looking for people who are slightly contrarian, who mm-hmm. are super smart and they know it, but they're a little bit nervous about how smart they are. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So I come alongside and I'm like, okay, what do you really want to do? Because I'm also an offer creation specialist. Mm-hmm. That was just a piece that was really missing for me as a copywriter because I write best when I'm writing toward a specific offer. So I geeked out on that for six months and figured out how to do that. Uh so I would say if you know that you're really good at what you do, but you get nervous when you're talking about it, or you know that you're just not talking about it as well as you'd like to with as much confidence or clarity as you could have, I would love to help you out. And if you're in that stage of my business is doing great, I want to increase my impact and my influence, and I want a $25,000 offer, come to me, I will write the book for you in your voice that points to that offer so that you will see every cent of your ROI when you work with me and no other ghostwriter does that. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to pop up on the screen
0: how people can reach you, right? Um, and so we've got your website. So literally, literary, I'm not gonna be able to say it today. It do literary so. symmetry. <laughs> I'm tongue tied. It's been a long day of nonstop meetings in my world. Is that the best way to just go to your website and all your contact information is there? Or should people hit you up uh, on LinkedIn at Kristen Spencer Writer?
1: I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you hit me up on there, I'm going to see it. I I check in in the morning and I check in before I quit my day. So, Uh, But yeah, if you want to go to LiterarySymmetry.com, you can actually, if you go to LiterarySymmetry.com forward slash more, you will see a bunch of cool complimentary stuff from me. Like I try to give you everything that you need aside from hiring me so that you can succeed.
0: I love it. I love it. Now I wrote down lots of notes. Um, so some of the things that I wrote down that I personally took away was number one was trust your gut uh, to ensure your brand stays about you. And I think this is for, if you're in corporate America and you're thinking about a job change or whatever, really use that as being a litmus test of, does this fit what you're really looking for, what you want to do? Um, you also talk about rewarding your success and i love that the glasses right so you 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 had a big sale you did something really big you rewarded yourself with with purchasing glasses i've done this personally on a fitness journey where it's like oh if i meet this goal i'm going to get a new pair of tennis shoes or i'm going to get you know like a fancy pair of leggings or whatever right so i love having that motivation at the end um Having an expert in your corner is important. And you talk about having like a consolation of support. So you could be one of the stars in somebody's consolation of support by helping give them voice on what they maybe want to write, which leads to their big, big ticket offer. Um, and then from a personal standpoint, because I love weaving these things in, it's something that, I, that resonates with me, which is around you know, you're, you're a wife and you actually mirror your schedule to your husband's so that you know you're up in the morning with him and then that ends up allowing you to leverage time that's uninterrupted to focus on on you your self health your your well-being and move your career along which I think is fantastic so those are some of the the nuggets things that I wrote down that I just think was really special about our chat today And Kristen, thank you. Thank you for joining us on Might in Motion, telling us your story. And for those of you listening, if this is something you're like, man, I've always wanted to write a book, she's your gal. Like that's who you need to go to to get your story told. So thank you
1: so much. Thank you. It was amazing being on here. I appreciated all of your questions. And yeah, I just love this show. I love your mission. I support you 100%. Thank you for
0: tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.